The biggest news of the day is the Dutch-Danish decision to supply F-16s to Ukraine. And then there is a rundown of uh, that they're going to send this F-16, they're going to send pilots to train and what have you here. Here's what they don't tell you. As usual, buried within this optimism are a few inconvenient facts, like their insistence on a strict set of protocols being fulfilled before handing over the planes, which will likely not allow Ukraine to have the planes until well into 2024 at the earliest. The total number remains in question as well, with some sources claiming 42 planes and others claiming uh, other numbers. I want to reiterate, says Simpichius, that even if this actually ends up happening, before Ukraine collapses or surrenders, that is, I view the delivery of such planes as a very good thing. I've said since the beginning that all the most advanced Western arms provide essential training to Russian forces. This is what I said earlier. All you're doing is giving the Russians trial runs. So they're like, ah, we know, what, um, we know now what NATO do. But they will do with the drones. You know, what, what kind of tank, what kind of uh, anti-aircraft uh, surface-to-air missile they have and such. Right. This is a war game, a live-action war game for Russian soldiers and commanders. To go, like, go ahead, bring another 100,000 NATO troops down there. We know how to deal with you. We haven't even used a percentage of our army. I've said since the beginning that the, the, uh, all the most advanced Western arms provide essential training to Russian forces who need to learn how to fight against these systems for the sake of a potential future war against NATO proper. That means that Russian AD operators, fighter pilots, etc., will all get critical experience on dealing with one of NATO's top aircraft including registering their characteristics into their radar registries for enhanced identification purposes. Such a rare opportunity to go up against and study these types of systems in a low-risk environment is crucial. It's better to go up against them now in Ukrainian hands in low numbers while learning their secrets and weaknesses than experiencing them for the first time in a full-fledged war against NATO where hundreds and thousands of them uh, are deployed at the same time in a far more uncontrollable setting. And then he, is, he says more about that. As for those continuing to wonder how Ukraine proposes to keep its F-16 safe or how it currently does with its remaining meager air fleet, here's a new quote from the Financial Times which sheds light on something I've been, I've been reporting repeatedly on. And then the Financial Times uh, citing sources, quote, Ukraine is hastily moving its pilots and aircraft because of an increase in Russian strikes on targets in western Ukraine. Uh, Russian missiles have recently targeted air bases, runways, a pilot training center, and a fleet of bombers carrying western storm shadow and scout missiles. Because of this, Ukrainian pilots are forced to constantly shuttle between dozens of air bases and commercial airports. Meanwhile, the, uh, the despairing article headlines continue to roll in. This is from the Washington Post. U.S. intelligence says Ukraine will fail to meet offensive's key goal. Wait a minute. I thought the spring offensive was the end all to be all. Spring offenses. This is going to be the greatest spring offensive in the history of spring offenses. 
The subheading is thwarted by minefields. Ukrainian forces won't reach the southeastern city uh, Melitopol. Melitopol, a vital Russian transit hub, according to a U.S. intelligence assessment. Ukrainian forces could fail to retake strategic city of Melitopol, a U.S. official, and then a guy named Dmitry Laskaris tweets out, the co-chair of the Congressional Ukraine Caucus, who unto now was a staunch supporter of Biden's proxy war in Ukraine, admits that Ukraine's counteroffensive has, quote, failed, close quote, and that the war might not be winnable. He is even calling for peace talks. Gee, who knew? Now, what is really going on and what is the danger here? Well, the danger is the Ukrainians are running out of bodies. That's a fact. If you've lost a half a million men already, dude, Ukraine's not that big of a country. And if you lost half a million young men, just think what that's going to do for those those of you that are in, for those uh, uh, world economic forum, stakeholder types that are all into population control. Well, congratulations, you're going to get it in Ukraine. Most of those young men that you killed, that you got killed in your little proxy war, were fertile, young, virile, vigorous, and potent. As G. Gordon Liddy used to say. Who are Ukrainian women going to marry now? You know what another casualty this is going to be? Ukrainian hose beasts. Like there used to be ex-Soviet Russian hose beasts. For sale. And only fans and other porn sites. And then in many instances, I'll bet, for sale as mail-order brides now. So you're going to depopulate the country of Ukraine. That's the net result of this is going to be a depopulation. Who wins when a sovereign country is depopulated? Well, it certainly isn't a sovereign country. What if the depopulation came at the expense of people actually dying? What if they died in an ill-fated, unjust war? Who wins? Well, you know him as Baphomet, Bagul, Moloch, Satan, whatever you wish to call him. The demons win. They harvest souls. So, Tucker Carlson sat down with Colonel... Douglas McGregor for a 58-minute long interview on this very subject. And we can't play the whole thing, but you can find it at uh, on the Twata. I have two clips. So there's two clips, uh, two highlights that we'll play. The first one is uh, all of Western media is lying, and they have never stopped lying since January of 2022. When they began the grand lie that Putin unprovoked, unprovoked, simply sitting around in the imperial palace in the Kremlin one day going like, ah, pass me vodka. <laughs> you know what? Would be fun to do. Let's go. Let's invade Ukraine. Sergey, grab the army. Let's invade the Ukrainians. 
stuff. We have big invasion policy. We invite all of Western media to come make fun of. Was it unprovoked? It, 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 <laughs> I had someone upbraid me last week about the unprovoked invasion. That, How dare you? You probably think that there was that, they, that Putin's invasion was unprovoked too, don't you? Or was provoked, and I went. Well, I dropped out of the fight. I'm like, I'm not gonna have a, an argument over this. I do that for a living on radio. The info's out there if you wish to find it. If you want to remain with your neocon head stuck in the sand. Well, and look, I've been encountering you guys for 15 years. Now, stick your head in the sand. I don't care. Uh, here is Colonel McGregor with Tucker. What, what's The first one, number four. Yes, about what's really going on. Listen. Pretty much everything that NBC News and the New York Times have told you about the war in Ukraine is a lie. The Russian army is incompetent, they claim. Ukraine is a democracy. Vladimir Putin is Hitler, and he's trying to take over the world. Thankfully, the Ukrainians are winning. None of that is true. Every claim is false, the last one especially. The Ukrainian army is not winning. In fact, it's losing badly. Ukraine is being destroyed. Its population is being slaughtered in lopsided battles with a technologically superior enemy or scattered by the millions to the rest of the globe as refugees. Ukraine is running out of soldiers. As that happens, the question will inevitably arise, who's gonna replace them? If the Ukrainians can't beat Putin, who will? The answer, of course, will be us. American troops will fight the Russian army in Eastern Europe. That's most likely. And the assumption is, we'll win. But will we win? Probably not, says former Army Colonel Douglas McGregor. So that's kind of the setup there. Putin is Hitler. Here, here, this is a headline from Newsweek, Opinion. How to end the war in Ukraine, even if Putin wants to keep fighting. You know, you guys must think we're all, and, and literally, I, 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 I should be terrified, mortified at the fact that so many people are so stupid or ill-informed or so ill-informed a friend of mine used to say, dude, he's so dumb, his head must hurt. It must hurt to be him with that skull pushing in on the brain, making it that much more dumb. There was a, and you could have found this on Twitter. You could have found this on YouBoob. I want to say that CBS News even ran a, a clip of this. Vladimir Putin gave some sort of a, like a summer State of the Union in the parliament in, my, in, in the Kremlin, seated in the front row of the presentation were the political and military leaders of Zaporizhia, Crimea, Luhansk, Donetsk, I forget the, uh, the, the the name of the other republic. The five republics that make up what we call the Donbass. This is what the Ukrainians say that Putin stole in his illegal, illicit, uh, unprovoked invasion. So in the front row, in the front row of that talk, well, there were some Russians there, but were the leaders, military and political, from those five republics. You know what Putin said to them? I have a message for the West, he said. Here's the message. 
This war needs to end. Ukraine needs to leave the Western Front, turn around, and go home and bring this to an end. And he goes, and let me inform you of something. Those republics that have joined the Russian Federation have joined it forever. They are not going back to being Ukrainians. You should accept that in this war and let's negotiate a peace settlement. You know that the man representing the five republics of the Donetsk, now I suppose that the cynic out there is going to say, they were paid, they were told, if you don't stand and applaud, Putin's going to have your children's fingernails pulled out. Those five men, along with the rest of the political leaders in the Kremlin, stood and applauded. Now, look, I know what propaganda is. And I, I, I am fully aware that, yes, some of that is staged. It is staged for the benefit of the people of Russia, but it's also staged for the benefit of the people of the Donetsk and the Donbass region who don't want this fighting to continue. They've been living with the Ukrainians shelling them since 2014. They want this to be over. The Russians told them, join the Russian Federation and it will be over. It's the West that is at war with the people of the Donbass who have chosen to rejoin the ancient Russian Federation. And we're not going to let that happen because we're neocons, we're Decepticons. We, at the end of the day, we are adrenochrome, guzzling, vampiric blood suckers. And we need the rest of the world's misery. We need misery somewhere in the rest of the world so that our neocons can feel good about themselves. This is going to end in tragedy for hundreds of thousands of American families if this madness, if these men are not driven from power or if Congress doesn't stand up and say, stop, Biden, you're not getting a penny. This needs to, and you need to tell your Zionist buddy, Zelensky, tell him to tell Lucifer that he lost this round. The best he can hope for now is a truce of sorts. So here's Colonel McGregor telling Tucker Carlson in very deep detail yes. what is actually going on and what's going to happen if these lunatics, these Decepticon neocons, are not stopped. Come to the same positions. Tucker, we have right now, I think, 43, could be 44, it's usually 43 or 44, four-star generals and admirals. You have to think about that. We have a force of 1.1. seems like a lot. Well, let me ex explain just how much it is. We have 1.12 million people uh, in the armed forces. In other words, you add up all the armed services, uh, that 1.12 million. In World War II, at the height of the war, end of 42, beginning of 43, when we had 12.2 million men under arms, we had seven four stars. Seven four stars. Seven. I tell you who they were. You had George Marshall, chief of staff of the army, Douglas MacArthur, commanding in the Pacific. I was right, MacArthur. Eisenhower, commanding okay. in, in Great Britain yep. in, in the European theater. Hap Arnold. Arnold, Air Force. didn't know that one. Unofficially, he was the vice chief, but he was effectively con commanding the Air Forces. And then you had uh, Leahy, who was in the White House. Admiral Leahy as the liaison officer. He was effectively the unofficial chairman of the Joint Chiefs. 
for FDR. Then you had Nimitz and King. King was the CNO and Nimitz commanded in the Pacific. Now, somehow or another, with only seven four stars, we managed to survive the greatest, most destructive war in history and fortunately end up on the quote-unquote winning side. Now, we are blessed with 43 to 44 four-stars organized into multiple commands designed to blanket the globe with American military power and interest. I think it borders on lunacy, <laughs> especially since we don't live in the world of 1920, 1945. This is the 21st century. Today, if you have forces forward, they're easy to identify, easy to target, easy to destroy. So what's the point of having a lot of forces forward? Well, we can always reinforce them. No, you can't. How do you get across these vast oceans, the Atlantic and the Pacific, when your opponents have submarine fleets? How many ships do they have to sink? Supply ships, transports before everybody says, that's it, we're not going. Mm -hmm. Same thing true for aircraft. Well, we have better, better aircraft. We may have better aircraft, but we don't have very good air defenses. We've neglected air and missile defenses for years. In the Army, they always treated theater air and missile defense as sort of the redheaded stepchild because we haven't fought anybody that compelled us to defend ourselves from missile and air attack. Well, those days are over. In other words, if you press this war with Russia in Central East Europe, it will reach us here in the United States. No. Oh. People aren't thinking about that. How many... Let it play. Oh, okay. Oh, there's assisting or fighting on the, on the side of Ukraine right now. Well, I don't know, but I imagine it must be hundreds because the president of the United States, as you know, has authorized combat pay for Americans in uniform in Ukraine. Now, didn't specifically say uniform, just said Americans serving in Ukraine. So I imagine large numbers are in other uniforms, not necessarily American. Uh, some may be assisting contractors or working with them, but a substantial number. And again, thus far, the Russians have been very careful about not necessarily targeting them. And it would be a mistake to assume that the Russians don't know where they are. Okay, stop and, the digital media file. Wait a minute, though, but Putin is Hitler. Putin is Stalin. Putin is still KGB. The Soviet Union never split up. A, a guy recently told me on Signal. You're a useless idiot, Mike. The Soviet Union is still there and it hates us and it's coming for our beer and our Playboy. The Soviet Union wants your happiness. People actually believe this crap. They actually believe this. There are scholars out there to say the Soviet. Well, you know what? I'm sure that there are still some Soviets around. No denying it. You know what? You might find a lot of Soviets. Try America. Try looking in the United States. Lots of Soviets here. As a matter of fact, I would just go out on a limb. I'm going to tiptoe out on it. My friends, I'm out on the limb, my friends. I'm going to say, I am more afraid of the Soviets that are in the American government and in the United States corporate uh, corporate media and corporations than I am of the Russian Soviets. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because the Russian Soviets have given me no indication that they went to Sovietize the United States. You know, they didn't have to because we did it for them. 
like the character in the movie Nefarious said. And this whole transgender thing, we didn't even think of that one. You guys did that one all on your own. Colonel McGregor is just another long list. There's Scott Ritter. There is General, what's the other general? There's another general out there that's giving media interviews that will pretty much tell you this is a colossal. This is a Napoleon-like mistake here. This is an unforced error of calamitous proportions if the Russians ever took the bait.